0: people love to work with leaders that they feel they can connect with, right? It's okay to share those stories of something that happened in your life, right? Maybe you're going to connect with people because people find that now they can relate to you on a different level.
1: Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. Hi there, friends. I am thrilled to announce that I've written my first book. It's called Values First, How Knowing Your Core Beliefs Can Get You the Life and Career You Want. I have poured my heart into this book with personal stories and stories from coaching clients using the Values First framework. Between the constant pressure of job performance and demands on your time, it's easy to lose sight of your values, letting them shift out of alignment. Those simple misalignments are keeping you from feeling joyful and fulfilled. Learn how to recenter your life and career around what truly matters to you in Values First. Values First will be launching and available for purchase on April 12th I wanna make sure that you are the first to know about every book launch activity that we have in store, including the minute that the book is available and every online and in-person book launch celebration. So stay up to date by joining our list at thecatchgroup.com slash values first. That's thecatchgroup.com slash values first. Welcome to the You Belong in the C Suite podcast. This week, I'm excited to welcome our guest, Tiara M. Tucker. Born and raised in Kankakee, Illinois, and now residing in Dallas, Texas, trailblazer Tiara M. Tucker is known as an empowerment connector who wears many tiaras. To name a few, she is a sought after and award winning PR and communication strategist, speaker, coach, community advocate, social justice, and mental health activist, and the visionary founder and CEO of Tierra PR Network and Speak That Movement. She has been the creator, executive producer, MC, host, moderator, and guest speaker for a variety of platforms and organizations over the years, allowing her to loudly speak in front of thousands of diverse audiences. I'm excited for you to hear my conversation with Tiara. She's a firecracker that uses her authentic voice to coach leaders and clients to find theirs too. We talked about the journey of her nonprofit, Speak That Movement, and how she works with various clients to support an ecosystem of change for the community, and what leaders and executives can do right now to find their authentic voice and use it. Let's get started. Well, i want to welcome you to the you belong in the c-suite podcast thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for having me i really appreciate this opportunity
0: and i love to support you
1: well i am just so glad that we connected and i am just really excited to dive into our conversation and can you tell us about yourself tell us your story so my name is
0: Tierra m tucker i I jokingly started saying that I'm aware of many tiaras, and then it actually became catchy. So I like to say that I wear many tiaras. Um, I am a entrepreneur. I have my own communications boutique firm called Tiara Public Relations Network, which is based here in North Dallas, where I work with uh, established professionals, organizations, and high-profile projects designed to make a positive impact in the community. I also am the founder and CEO of my own nonprofit organization called Speak That Movement, which focuses on women empowerment and mental health and social justice. I am also a producer of a show called Speak That Talks, which is a baby of Speak That Movement. I also love to speak, host, moderate. And I also, I work in corporate America. So I, 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 I wear many tiaras,
1: <laughs> I love it. I would love to hear more about Speak That Movement. How did that come about? What was that like? What's the journey been like? Tell me everything.
0: Yes, okay. So Speak That Movement actually started back in 2011, actually January 1st, 2011, when I was living in Illinois. So it was New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And I was spending the time in Chicago with one of my closest friends, as well as an artist named Malik Youssef. He's a Grammy award-winning artist, spoken word artist. And so I was just jokingly, as always, like, hey, you should come and do an event in Bloomington, Illinois, which is where I was living at the time. And I remember his response was, well, make it happen. So I said, "Okay, I'll make it happen. So literally, January 1st, I started planning what I thought would just be a community event. Where i was going to bring him in as the featured artist i wanted to bring in local entertainers so that we can have this empowering and entertaining community event so i just started planning and doing the work i ended up hosting the event at our castle theater it was was a theater in downtown bloomington still there and so what i thought was going to be a small event turned out to be much bigger than that i had uh, local media came out I ended up making a VIP section upstairs and it made the newspaper and it really became more than an event because as people were speaking you know from the stage they were encouraging and inspiring and motivating people with their words and a reaction from the audience was speak that because I named the event speak that and so it just became kind of trendy so after the first event, I had more events, I had a homecoming edition for Illinois State University. And then I started doing little uh, smaller events. And then in 2012, I was relocated to Dallas, Texas. So I put Speak That on hold. And then finally, I just decided, you know what? I wanna bring Speak That to Dallas. I wanna see what can happen if I keep it going. But by this point, I was further along in my career, I was older, so I wanted to, kind of reinvented a little. So still the power of words and speaking things, but instead of more in the the art form of poetry, I wanted to be more in the art form of, you know, empowerment, where I had business professionals that would be guests at my events and they were speaking. I would interview them and they would just encourage my audience. So I started doing events in Dallas and then I decided to start making novelties, So I have empowerment novelties, I have calendars and and notebooks and tote bags and t-shirts. And then I decided, you know what, I'm doing so much in the community with these business professionals, I'm coaching them, I'm working with them, I'm marketing them. However, I wanna do even more. So that's when I decided to turn Speak That into a nonprofit organization, which is now called Speak That Movement. And so we're doing even more in the
1: communities
0: and it's really been a blessing and an amazing journey.
1: Oh my goodness. I love every bit of that. (laughs) The energy just from that, that first moment, make that happen and you made it happen. Like there wasn't a question, right? Like you knew you were going to do it.
0: And the funny thing is that that was January 1st, the event was scheduled for the next month in February. I had tickets, It was ready to roll, but a blizzard hit. Oh no. (laughs) I postponed it to March of 2021. So I'm really excited that here we are over a decade later, and I'm actually planning an event in Dallas on March 26, 2022 for Speak That Movement to Honor Women's History Month. So here we are over a decade later of making it happen.
1: I love that, like you postponed it one month. From the previous month. Oh my goodness, like to get all of it together to have that event and the media there um, is just amazing in and of itself. The fact that you were going to plan it a month from that. Why that I guess that shouldn't surprise me (laughs) from you. (laughs) I'm just getting to know you, but I have a feeling you are a high achiever. And once you put your mind to something, you're going to do that thing. Hey, I try. the people that take part in the speak that movement like what kinds of things do they love about it the most
0: yeah great question so there have been so many as i call them babies of speak that movement that yeah. have over the years in dallas so for instance during COVID 19 so 2020 we all were dealing with that and we still are obviously and so i just felt this this pulling to go live, and I wasn't really going live. I rarely will go live on social media, but I really felt this this pulling or this calling to pause and go live so that I can address some of the things that we were all dealing with, things that I was having private conversations about, the COVID-19 pandemic, being quarantined, dealing with the social injustices that were widespread and more blatantly taking place and then mental health. So there were so many things. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go live. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. And so because I'm a little extra, I couldn't just go live on Facebook one day. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't have a name for this. I need to have a title. So I just thought, okay, I'm going to call it Speak That Talks. So it really was that organic. So as I was preparing to go live, I'm like, I'm not about to go live and talk by myself. What if nobody joins? <laughs> so I reached out to a good friend and I said, hey, Will you join me? I'm about to go live on Facebook. Will you please be my guest? He says, sure. (laughs) And so we went live. We went live on May 7th of 2020. We talked about COVID. We talked about social injustices. Uh, We talked about just so many different things. And then there was an audience. People started tuning in. They were chiming in, asking questions. You know, they were very interactive. So then I said, okay, well, maybe I'll do another one. Same time next week. So I brought in another friend of mine. I said, hey, will you be a guest on my show? She said, sure. So you got to have those good friends that'll say yes. And so I did it the second week. So I did it over 50 consecutive Thursdays later. Wow. I kept going. And so I would soon find that I was having people reach out to me from around the country. I had publicists reaching out, wanting their clients to be on. I had various business professionals, executives, entrepreneurs, authors, community leaders. I even had guests from out of the country. And I think that the, the biggest thing that I would say that they appreciated was the fact that they had a platform where I wanted their authentic voice. I wanted us to have those uncomfortable conversations that we may not have in the workplace, but they sure exist. And so I created that platform. But it wasn't just for me and the speakers. It was for people to tune in and interact and ask questions. And it was very empowering, very inspiring, very educational. So that was just, just one example. And then Speak Their Stories was another baby. That birthed when I was taking a course at Harvard. And I had to work on a community project. and. I thought hard about it, and just to skip a few details, I landed on a project where I decided to produce a video that would share the story of a family impacted by social injustice. So that's out there, speak their stories, and just to bless a family. We, we hear about the stories of some of the other families, and, and to me, my heart goes out to every family, but I also recognize in the field of PR and communications that there are some stories that will never reach mainstream they'll get talked about locally and then they'll die off and i don't mean that you know literally they will truly die off and so that was another effort and then there have been a couple more efforts since then
1: wow it's really exciting to see um the passion that you have as you're talking about this and just all of the different things that you've been able to do one thing that you just mentioned was this idea of authentic voice So I'd love to, to understand, you know, you also like you do everything, (laughs) you also um, work with clients to help them establish their authentic voice in different ways um, in your PR firm. Can you tell me a little bit more about that?
0: Absolutely. So as I think about my journey in my life and my passions, communications, that's just that common thread. And that is what allows me to do all of these things that I'm doing, because they really have that foundation of the passion for communications and making a difference. So with the clients, some of the clients that I have now, the common thread with them is that they want to make a difference, right? And I have to take a step back, Laura. I have to decide, okay, what do I want my niche to be, right? What do I want my communications boutique firm to be about or be known for? And... Someone gave me the suggestion to, well, what are people coming to you for? And as I thought about that, I'm like, okay, they're trying to make a difference, and they are. They're in in an area or in a market or in an industry where their voice is really needed. They also maybe need help thinking about that voice and and making sure that they're properly relaying messages to various audiences. And so for me, I have a variety of clients and people that I've worked with. So from the civil rights attorneys that I worked with on social injustice and police brutality cases, you know, attorneys don't need help in talking, right? <laughs> they need help to, to manage what they're saying. But even then they, they need the help of, you know when so many outlets are, are coming to them wanting an answer or a response. So I had a lot of um, experience helping to manage those relationships and then also working with some of the families and helping the families that were associated with the injustice helping them to relay their messages and then also right now I'm working with the political candidate So she's out here really, really going to make a difference in the Texas community, but beyond Texas. So just helping and working with her as her PR and communications director, campaign manager, so that she's using her voice to bring the change that we need, understanding that she's working, will be working with all Texans. It's not just Democrats or Republicans if she gets her seat. So it's just been a variety. I have a medical executive who obviously we know that the medical field, wow, we we want to hear from them, right? But at the same time, while they're doing what they're doing within the four walls of hospitals, how they are also trying to make a difference outside and using their voice on social media and also in their communities.
1: I love hearing all these different pieces. We were talking earlier and it's this idea of you are working with these people who are enacting change but as you talked about each of them right there's all these different branches that kind of connect together in this like ecosystem of change and it's just this really great red thread through line that completely works with um with what you're doing and it's it's really powerful thank you very much and I really didn't even think about it until you mentioned
0: that. But, but you're right, it, it really is an ecosystem because as a nonprofit uh, founder, I work with nonprofits. I, my friends have their own nonprofits. They're, we're grassroots. We're on the ground, we're in the communities, right? And then we have, for instance, these civil rights attorneys or the attorneys that are trying to represent families and, and individuals to bring change that way. But then the political candidates, right, we need them. we need them in Congress. We need them in their in their states and in their communities to actually help us when it comes to legislation and things like that and law. So as you say that it it really is, so I'm blessed to to be chosen to do this work
1: and connect dots. It's really interesting this idea of um, authentic voice too, as each of those different ecosystem parts and pieces have a different voice in that, in that ecosystem, it's clear that you have your authentic voice. How do you help leaders find their authentic voice? Cause I can imagine that like the person that you are at work, is that your real self? I talk a lot about, um, living a life of your values. And sometimes we don't feel aligned. There's like this misalignment or tension. If we're in You know corporate america or maybe our values aren't completely aligned or i don't feel like i can bring all of me to work so how do you help leaders find that authentic voice
0: amazing question and i believe that that's a that's a question that is is trending right now right i'll say this i i feel like on one side it's very unfortunate that we had to deal with covid and and the death of individuals such as george floyd and brianna taylor for people to pause and realize that people have thoughts, people have things, people have feelings, people are dealing with things that they wanna talk about in the workplace, in in the home, in the church. But there was, in my opinion, walls were up, right? I might know that someone just experienced something, but I'm not gonna talk about it at work because work is for work. But at the same time, life happens outside of work and inside of work. So I feel like when those situations happen, it brought companies and organizations and executives and leaders to the forefront to say, hey, I can't ignore what's going on, right? My employees, my associates, my clients, my customers, my communities are experiencing this. So as a leader, I need to figure out what our stance is going to be. So from a PR standpoint, I saw all these messages go out and these CEOs and these executives, oh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Well, great, keep doing it, keep doing it. I also saw the emergence of more diversity and inclusion departments and directors and leaders. And I applaud that, keep them coming, right? if it took that to make that happen great but what i have to say to that is i believe that when we really can bring our authentic voice and self into the workplace it makes for a better workplace right because it's hard to watch something on the news feel emotionally drained by it come to work an hour later and have to put on your face but that's life and i think that one thing that we have to be uh, mindful of is mental health mental health is real so for me i found myself dealing with anxiety in the workplace because i was so passionate about things outside of the workplace but i want to keep them a secret i didn't want the workplace to know that i was doing these things and and when i was able to say you know what i'm only one person i'm TRM tucker I'm passionate about work, I'm passionate about this, and so for leaders, I feel like it starts with the leaders, it starts with the CEOs, you're human as well, and I I believe that CEOs and executives and and C-suite professionals, you will receive more respect, more love, more loyalty, when you are being your authentic self, using your voice for things that matter to you, and also creating a a platform and an environment, a culture, where your people can too. So we just have to recognize it and know that we're human beings. We go to work, but outside of work, we have life. Bring it in, let people talk about things that they're dealing with. Bring in focus groups, but don't drain the marginalized groups. Don't, don't, Don't pull them in only when it's time to seek information and seek answers. If you're going to pull them in and give them a seat at the table, let them keep that seat. Let them continue to use their creativity to bring about the change that they're suggesting. I said a
1: mouthful. I love it. I'm just nodding my head, (laughs) agreeing with everything that you just said. I said a mouthful. I'm long-winded. It's the communications in me,
0: but... (laughs)
1: I'm very no, passionate about that. Yeah, and I and I can tell and I love that because I think you're absolutely right. There's so many things, but this idea of, you know, as a leader in an organization, if people see you doing it, then they realize it's okay to do that. Like, oh, I can talk about that at work or oh, oh, that leader actually does care about me? Like they're asking, like, they're actually really asking, like, do they want a real answer or do they want my safe work answer? Right. And, and, and honestly, when we
0: really think about that, Laura,
1: as a leader, and I understand, you know, I understand
0: I've worked with many fortune 50 executives. I understand. But if we really go to the foundation of being a leader, why people chose to become a leader? Why did people go down this path whether it's in corporate America or or outside of corporate America to be a leader. We chose to lead people. When you lead, you lead authentically. You lead and you lead with a focus on your audience, the people that are there following you or the people that are are co-leading with you. So you can't ignore the things that they're dealing with or tell them they must be silenced. No, you bring that in and it makes everybody feel supported it makes the the organization grow it helps with the culture so be the leaders
1: what tips do you have for leaders who want to do this more who want to do this better what can they start with now
0: just remember why you're in this role right you're dealing with so many walks of life you're dealing with so many people who have um diverse backgrounds diverse experiences You're dealing with people that are truly diverse in their race, their ethnicity, their gender, their orientation, you know, their disabilities, all kinds of things. So recognize why you chose to lead all people. And then also identify what you're passionate about. What do you love? Because people love to work with leaders that they feel they can connect with, right? It's okay to share those stories of, something that happened in your life, right? Maybe you're going to connect with people because people find that now they can relate to you on a different level. And also I would say always pause to check on your people. Always. Mental health is so real. Pause. Ask your 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 employees, your associates, your customers, how are you doing today? Right? How are you feeling today? And also know that it's okay to not be okay. But let them know that you care about them. And I think that for some, that might be a stretch. For others, it might be what they're already doing. So if you're already doing it, keep it going. But just let people know that you hear them, you see them,
1: and you care about them. Oh, I love all of these tangible takeaways, (laughs) Sierra. So good. I feel like there's so much that we've learned from you today about finding your authentic voice, how to do that, and how to connect to your passion. And thank you just so much for your time today and your connection. So how can we connect with you and learn more about you?
0: Yes, well, thank you for this. I'd love to to speak with individuals like yourself who are really making a difference. So kudos to you for all that you're doing out here to support people like myself who really wanna keep moving and also feel connected with a network like yours. So I would say, I would love to connect with people. You can find me on LinkedIn, Tiara M. Tucker. You can also go to my websites, tiaraprnetwork.com as well as speakthatmovement.com. If you're in the Dallas area, I'm actually hosting an empowerment brunch to close out Women's History Month on March 26th. So we'd love to have you all at that event. And if you just wanna connect, maybe you wanna partner in the community, whether it's virtually or in person. So I would love to just get to know people out there that are
1: really passionate about this thing called life and, (laughs) and walking in their purpose. I love it. Thank you so much. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes. And I just want to thank you so much for your time. And I'm so grateful to have this connection with you today, Tiara. Thank you. Take care. I want to thank you so much for listening to the, you belong in the C-suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple podcasts by leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.